Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Oilers Live. Uh, heavy hockey at night, part of heavy hockey at night. My name is Michael, also known as Oilers Live. I'm here tonight with the original Puzar to take our new <laughs> listeners and our regulars on a little Halloween trip. Our live show is on edmontonsportstalk.com, now available on TuneIn. Apparently, you can talk to your devices at home and get TuneIn to to get you on board and listening to us live. Special thanks to uh, Dustin Nielsen, Matawanek, Tom Gazzola, Lieutenant Eric, and the rest of the Edmonton Sports Talk crew. Your clear choice for Edmonton Sports. Wednesdays at 5 p.m. We're going to be moving to after this week. Thought I'd get that out of the way. So from uh, from now on, except on game game days, we're going to take the uh, Tuesday nights to uh, a Wednesday drive home uh, time. And then you can also get your fantasy hockey fix still on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Mountain with Devin, Bruce, Tyler, and John, the fantasy hockey hacks. And last and but not least, before we get into some Oilers talk, a couple housekeeping items for you listeners tonight. There's a live chat that is on the YouTube channel. You can get that at youtube.ca slash heavy hockey. Please give us a subscribe while you're there. And then all of this is brought to you by the Heavy Hockey Network, which you can find at heavyhockey.com. Let's make this one count tonight. Lots to talk about, as always, if you're an Oilers fan. And uh, first off, happy Halloween and uh, welcome to uh, this is your first time on the show. It is. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for asking me on. I'm excited to be here. I'm uh, I'm happy that we, I mean, of course, we've uh, scheduled a couple times and didn't work out, whether it's my fault or whichever. Um, prior to doing the live streams, I think, uh, I mean, I've followed you now for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're a big Bakersfield uh, Condors fan, so we're definitely going to talk uh, some Condors. Sure. Uh, which we talked off uh, off air about. Uh, and we'll talk some Heritage Classic, a number of different things. Uh, take us uh, at least through an hour. And if we get a little bit more in, that's great. And uh, hopefully uh, we get some interaction online today on the chat. Uh, Kirk already says, what? No Dash? And uh, <laughs> Dash is uh, Dash is taking the night off. So uh, you won't hear me fighting for airtime tonight. <laughs> You might be uh, held hostage somewhere in my house, which was the only way I could get on the show. So. That's, that's right. That's right. Dash is uh, Dash is somewhere in the back. If you see <laughs> see somebody running around, you know you know where he is. Uh, all right. You know, let's um, let's start with the Heritage Classic because that was a fun event, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. You know what? The event itself. Um, I mean, so. Prior to McDavid announcing he would play, like I, I'm not sure what anybody thought, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what was the um, you're you're on the ground, so to speak. Uh, you're in uh, oil country, and uh, kind of. I'm in, kind I'm of, in yeah. I'm in Calgary, but uh, in Calgary. Well, I think uh, you know, Stoffer tried to excite the uh, entire oil country when he kept saying day after day, "Well, they said he might be out for one week to two weeks." And he, they sent that at uh, five or four forty-five, uh, one week before the Heritage Classic. So oh. I don't, 
I don't think anybody uh, actually knew, but when he kind of practiced fully a couple of days before, I think the excitment. Uh, I mean, how fast does this guy heal? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like that guys. one to two weeks ends up being two games. Mm-hmm. Right? I was actually, you know, for me personally, I, I thought that uh, McDavid was kind of uh, battling something even even before he, he left that game through those first five games. I, you know, not that he's not spectacular; he was still well over a point a game. But but I thought he was struggling in, in a few areas, and uh, I'm not sure if you know the oblique or, or the hip or whatever it happens to be was an aggravation of of something that I think just speculation he was dealing with before. But I think it gave him time to uh, to, to fully heal. You know, at least for me in those first five games, like he was doing some peculiar things like turning over the puck consistently in the offensive zone in the middle of the ice. And how many times do you recall him, you know, gaining separation in the neutral zone and going on those rushes back and off the defense? It, it was rare. Usually that's three to five times a game. And that's what we saw this past Sunday night. Uh, it seemed like he was back to back to normal to me. Did, so, uh, it was definitely a different game for him, uh, 100%. And, and I think a lot of us felt the same way. Something uh, must have been wrong or, you know, maybe battling the, I thought maybe a little bit more simpler, simpler like battling the flu or, or something be. like that. Um, you know, as we know, it's that season. Yeah. Uh, but he definitely, I mean, you're right. Turning over the puck in the, in the offensive zone is not something you typically see of him. You, um, you know, just, just little things that, um, you know, made him seem mortal for, (laughs) for an instant. And, uh, only McDavid scores, you know, a point a game, uh, when he's, you know, firing at 70%. The the one concern I still have is he's not shooting. Uh, And so that's why I thought maybe it was some sort of hand, wrist, arm, He's, you know, maybe or maybe he's decided I scored 64 last year. I'm going to go back. I want to have a business <laughs> this year. Um, or maybe I'm just making up in my head, catastrophizing, as us all other fans like to do at the first sign of uh, of anything that goes bad. Yeah, he. Uh, well, and and that might be it too, right? I mean, sometimes when you got a guy like McDavid or even a Drysital, and they're not scoring two, three points a game. Um, you automatically go to the uh, <laughs> go to the default is they must be injured, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just uh, you know, and and um, the season really hasn't started the way you know obviously anybody expected it would, but there's been a lot of surprises this season. Yeah. Uh, I think to start, um, you know, what was your thought though on the game itself? Yeah, and uh, you and I talked about this a little bit offline, which is. You know, you get a game like this where the Oilers, you know, look good, everything looked good, but then you got to sort of sit back and and think, well, wait a second, this is against Calgary, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, you know, I'm watching the, I was watching the Toronto LA game tonight, and I'm LA was the dominating. Yeah, days. LA was dominating, but the effort the Oilers, you know, put in place against Calgary might have been equal to. Uh, the teams that I saw play in the LA Toronto game. Yeah. You know, like if we want to go to, to the game itself, like, 
it couldn't have started off much better, you know. The Oilers just came out flying, and it, it was, you know, McDavid's back, and maybe that gave everybody a boost, but everybody was playing with pace in, in that first period. I mean, you know, Woody was kind of rolling as much as he ever does, you know, his, you know, three and a half lines, and they were coming in waves. And really, at five on five, it was like that pretty much the entire game. The, the only reason it was close was, you know, the Oilers kept taking penalties and, and yeah, it's tough to really argue against any of those four calls in, in, in the first period, the, you know, I'm I'm going to get on the refs. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it's, it's pretty odd when one team literally has the puck almost the entire game at five on five. And not that those four penalties weren't penalties, but I'm pretty sure Calgary wasn't defending absolutely clean as they're running around their (laughs) own zone for almost the entire time. It just, uh, usually you take a few, here's a hook or a stick or, or something, but you know, I was quite enthused and I even thought the penalty kill was fantastic. I know they they were all you know Calgary ended up with two power play goals, but that first penalty kill, that five on three that was over a minute long, Calgary didn't even get a single clean look. You know, they killed that off and then they go down and score the beautiful two on one goal. And yep. then the other five on three for almost a minute and a half, they scored with what, like one second left? Yeah, one second. Yeah. In yeah, fact, so they far. weren't even gonna call it a power play at one or uh uh, I think they questioned whether it was even during the power play is what I'm so, saying. And even the other power play goal, the, uh, <laughs> the Greer power play goal, you don't hear that very often. But that was with one second left after they killed it. And it was just uh, um, Ekholm you know, kind of being a little flat-footed or not aware. And he got, it looked like Boris Mironov from 2002 coming down in slow motion right past Ekholm. On, on, yeah. But, you know... I'm quite enthused, but, you know, got to take a step back and remember, you know, the previous game against the Rangers, they were not even involved, really, and the game against the Wild was so high event, but they deserved to lose that one, and, you know, it was Calgary, and, man, they're awful. <laughs> so, I, you know what, I, and and I haven't gone back to watch the um, the first period again, but I, I felt like during the first period of the game, the Oilers went back to a man-on-man D. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I consume a lot of post game content. So you know, I've listened to Matt Cassian talk about it. I've listened yeah. to Shreddy talk about it, and and all those guys. And I'm not sure if it was the defensive zone structure. Cassian, Matt Cassian thinks that they didn't change anything. For me, it was it's the neutral zone. You know, like they yeah. weren't defending that much in their own zone. So you know, it, it, it's tough to tell exactly. At least for me. What, what they're playing, they seem to be a bit more aggressive. But when they're more aggressive in the neutral zone, and every time the other team gets the puck, in this case Calgary, they're being more aggressive. It doesn't give them time to get speed through the neutral zone and cross the blue line and then get get possession. So there was into like John Shannon sent that tweet ahead. The Oilers are going to change their structure for this game, and I'm not a smart enough structures guy to see. Yeah, I missed that. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Um, I also think that it, it, you know, this whole man-on-man versus zone is so overblown. You know, up until the Vegas series, did anybody ever talk about what type of defensive system they were playing? Was that a general, you know, fan conversation? Rarely. You know, some people like Bruce Kerlock and you know that, that analyze that type of stuff, maybe. But now, all of a sudden, because Vegas beat us with 
our zone defense and Darnell Nurse went out to the blue line once. Now that's all we talk about. I, I, I really that's, that's the biggest challenge I have. I mean, if we're and we and we'll get into that, but um, <laughs> you know, maybe we're getting into it a little bit early. Uh, you know, I I you know I keep arguing this like what why change something that I didn't feel was really broken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose a series in your life. It's, you know, the thing is about Oilers fans and anybody that, you know, watches the Oilers is you think if you don't win the cup, it's uh you know, it's a complete failure. There are 30, 32 teams in this league. Like it's not, they're it's all not good teams. Yeah. So and they're all great. They're all great teams, right? Like give or take San Jose, they're all good. Teams. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and so you know i mean winning the cup is is it's hard. bloody hard yeah. and um that's why it's a party machine yeah and, and well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a ken all comment i didn't come up with that one so. yeah but the you know i mean you look at like you know t- t- well given the fact that you know not all the 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 club that wins the uh you know president's cup doesn't always win the stanley cup yeah, tells you so- exactly what all that matters and um and the oilers were in that series against vegas right like to to say that vegas came out and absolutely trashed them no that didn't happen that way so the challenge that i have is like what's going on that you know uh we needed to change the defensive structure and so you know in in fact what did we finish 50, 18, two and one in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was 14. Oh, that's what I was going to go back to. Like, as you're alluding to, was it broken? You know, like we, we ended the season 14, oh, and one, I think it was, they hadn't yeah. lost in regulation in was 15 games. Maybe it was 17, oh, and one, but, but 15 to 18 games. And, you know, I, I do acknowledge that, you know, down the stretch, it was a fairly easy schedule. There was a lot of yeah, uh, San Jose's and Anaheim's, but that also means that, they're playing the tougher teams earlier in the year. So, you know, they like, like it evens up through the year, but you know, after the Ekholm trade, I, I think they were something around and I, I have to go back and look at the numbers. I haven't for a while, but at five on five, something like seventh in the league in, in goals against, you know, they, they, they were still leaking goals in the power on the penalty kill. That was a problem all year long, but at five on five, they weren't that bad. So maybe it wasn't broken. A couple things got exploited. Cassidy did a good job. You know, Darnell Nurse maybe chased out a little too high that one time. And I think it was Fogel that didn't check down. And one time Yamamoto got left in front of the net with one of the bigger players and yep. they scored. So there's a couple highly visible, but it's did happen. Woodcroft and Manson overcorrect? Like, did yeah. they all of a sudden think, oh, this doesn't work against these great teams? You know, they're going to exploit us. Maybe you need to execute better. Yeah, well, there's lots of people who think that that Vegas Oilers series was the Stanley Cup series. Yeah. Vegas right? thinks yeah. that, pretty much said that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, you know, there's a comment here. It's Bob's your uncle says, uh, the, the zone or man versus man, both effective. When understood, interpreted, and utilized properly, the changes Woodcroft made were knee-jerk, and he dropped the ball. Now, the interesting thing that, that I'll say here is, I, and I've been thinking a lot about this, is I wonder how this season would have went so far if we had lost the first game 3-2. to two. <laughs> As opposed to 8-1. to one. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because, I, like, I felt like, you know, and I, and... I'm always hesitant to get into this because I'm actually a big Woodcroft fan, mm-hmm. but where I see his failings and I've seen them in the past, uh, 
uh, not just uh, not just this year, but in previous years. And, and we'll talk about line combos and all of that as we go tonight. Uh, are exactly that. You know, typically he he can be uh, every coach is reactive, but he can mm-hmm. be a little overreactive on occasion. And in the case of you know losing a game eight to one. Like it, it seemed like immediately he went back to Leon and and Connor, and he hasn't left there. He's you know he's moved things around to what what I would say would be the you know the the season's gone to <laughs> gone to hell model, right? Yeah. Like you know we're we're trying everything else you know that that we can on game two. Like yeah. he went to that in game two, and and he hasn't really switched from that. I'd say because we've had the same result. And, and to tell you the truth, on that note, like I, I was a bit worried about this going into the season because for, for at least a year now, if not longer, and I think it's gotten, I don't want to say worse, but but this has been more and more over time, is Woody's penchant for shortening the bench and, you know, taking, you know, his bottom, you know, two, three, four players completely out of the game early and often has just increased and increased. And last year, we actually had a very good, uh, prominent, and impactful bottom six. The team was, it was, I think it was sixty-two goals for and fifty against with McDavid and Dry off the ice. That's what we've been looking for for you know since McDavid was drafted. You know, and you know, and Leon started to get his start, and we they'd always kill their minutes whether they're together or apart. But then we give it all back and more. You know, yeah. when when they're off the ice, and last year, the, the bottom like when they were off the ice. They were they were succeeding. They were helping. They were impacting the game and the goals positively. But still, any sign of adversity, you're down too early. Oh, either shorten the bench completely or, or or load it up. And going into this season, I was one of the people that actually was saying, you know what? Like our depth is depleted from last year. Everybody was talking about Connor Brown and replacing Yamamoto, and that we're just better. But I'm like, well, you know, Bukestad's gone. Uh, Yamamoto's gone. Costin's gone. And we've we've replaced them with Dylan Holloway and uh, Adam Ernie. You know, like it, it was, <laughs> so, you know, like this is a great day. This, today might be the best day of the year for my wife because she no longer has to hear me complain about why Adam Ernie's on the team <laughs> <laughs> the day after day after day. Um, but you know, Woodcroft, you know, he's got to find a way to deploy his entire 11 or 12 forwards. And even when things are running well or when they're not, having McDavid and Dry together, it, it just decreases his ability to do that. Yeah. Well, we talked about this on our last episode, uh, Dash and I did, which was, you know, when Woodcroft finally came to the Oilers, the commentary around the team was, hey, you know, we finally get to play. Mm-hmm. That was right. Derek Ryan, the famous quote. Yeah, yeah, Derek. that's right. Yeah, it was Derek Ryan, and and um, you know, I think that we've kind of gone back away from that again. And to tell you the truth, it was overblown. I think a little yeah. bit, like it was right away because they started hot, you know, right after Woody got there. Um, but he's always been like he was like that in, in in Bakersfield as well. I watched a lot of the Condors. He, you know, relied on his vets. He relied on the Malones and the Espositos and. Cracknells when he was on the team and and Stanton on defense like he relied on those guys and you know up and you know and, and the the youngsters always had to earn their ice time. Colin Chalk's kind of similar, but but he's actually improved a lot. But what he like he he's 
he's he's you know people think he's the new age coach i really think there's a lot of you know you know ken holland type of um you know assessment you know rely on those veterans say you, you have to play 200 games or else you're making rookie mistakes i'm like the guys that have played two, three, four, five hundred games in our roster are making rookie mistakes night after night after night. Might as well play the the kids and develop them. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, you have to play. I I really feel like you have to play everybody. Like I think if you you got a guy that plays six minutes a night, mm-hmm. right, and he's you know he's not scoring or he's not doing anything, you have to think about two things. He's playing six minutes a night, and every time he gets on the ice, he's cold. It's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, defensemen are the same way, right? If they're not engaged, you know, it's it's harder for them to um, to get out there and play well. Uh, anybody who's played sport, whether it's at a high level or or you know just your regular rec sport, like it's if you're not playing, <laughs> it's not it's not so easy to get in there and just you know be at your best uh, every time you get out there. And and so there's a fine line because you've got two guys like McDavid and Drysaddle. And of course, you want them out there as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, the but in certain instances, like when we look at, I think nurses' utilization, you get overutilized, and then there's other problems, right? Yeah. And so that was the whole, you know, benefit of having Ekholm come in and and sort of save the end of the season last year. And I think, in fairness to both Nurse and Ekholm this year, Ekholm hurt. Is, was hurt, and he's taken some time. I think he's looking better, other than that. Yeah, you know, one play, but you know, guys will have a mistake from time to time, and and uh, you know, I bet you he doesn't get caught like that again for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and truth be told, you know, you like Nurse, even though he's still playing quite a few minutes because Ekholm's not quite up to uh, where where we thought he would be or where he's likely going to be. Nurse has been fantastic this year. Like I know there was a couple highly visible mistakes early when he became when he joined the rush as the fifth guy. Like obviously, but people remember that. But you know he's still playing all the top minutes and he's killing it numbers wise. You know he makes the odd mistake and people will point that out, but they won't point out the the four pucks he tips and blocks and he wins every battle on the boards and gets the puck out. So and and if you want to go further on that, and I know I'm kind of changing the topic and going off on a tangent. So it's Cody Cece. You know, people just keep, you know, they, people got pretty demoralized with him last year, and I get it. He was he was slow. He was hurt, but he was slow, and he was not nearly as solid. And I think he struggled, and everybody struggled in the first game. Um, and then people are like, no, Cece still sucks. He's been solid as can be for most of this year. Like, I, There's a couple of times where I thought he was one of our best D. Yeah, yeah. But he gets night. no credit. No, no credit. No, well, in fact... In our, in our heavy in our heavy hockey group chat, there were a couple of folks that were getting down on CC one night. What, on the same night that I thought he was having one of the best games yeah, of the yeah. Oilers recently. So you know, you see what you see. But I'm kind of with you in terms of uh, Darnell Nurse's play, and I've and I've said this consistently over the last um, couple of seasons is when a guy plays as much as he plays, mm-hmm. and everybody's out to get him, they notice all the mistakes he makes. Uh, but he's out there all the time. And so you've got to expect to see some. And and that's fine. He makes mistakes. And when he makes them, you can talk about him because he's going to. And he's not Victor Hedman. And, you know, know, even though he makes the same amount of money or give or take. But what bothers me is when people are – it's confirmation bias. There's so many out there that they see the 9.25, although they like to say 9.5. 
votes. 9.25. You know, and yeah, he's overpaid. You know he's not a second pairing defenseman. No, he's not overpaid by four million. He's overpaid by whatever it is, a million, million and a half. So be it. It's not the end of the world. He's gonna be the third person that touches the cup when we finally win it. But people look for the mistake, they see the one mistake, and then all over my Twitter or or X feed is you know bashing Darnell Nurse because he iced the puck. I'm like well, what about the seven plays he made, you know, breaking up the cross-team pass and the, the small little plays off the rush that he made before that? Nobody mentions that. But, oh, he made a bad pass and they iced it. Darnell Nurse, 9.5 million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too many people focus on the salary, yeah. really. Uh, all right, let's get to – I put this up there. Uh, Reaper dash one triple X <laughs> said, uh, what did you think of dry as the one C with 97 on his wing? <laughs> well, those two can be dynamic, right? You know, I know it's a bit of a joke saying that, uh, you know, McDavid was the winger dries playing center, but you know, if it is an oblique or whatever it is, and it's not a hundred percent, it's probably tough on the faceoffs and drives the best faceoff man on the team. Anyways, <laughs> it's, oh, that's why he plays so much on the PK. Cause he takes uh, most of most of the faceoffs. Um, these days, um, I, I to tell you the truth, I don't think that they're nearly as dynamic when they play together at the beginning of a game as they are than when they're split up and they get loaded up situational. Like when they're running their own lines, and you know maybe the team's down three or three to two, and you start the third period, and they come out there for a shift, it it, it creates energy. It, it yeah. changes, it can tilt the ice. But when they've been playing together all game, and, you know, they're good and they have their shifts, but there's no spark there. It's just another shift when they're together as opposed to, you know, something different. Oh, they're loaded up. Oh, there's an icing. Here comes I also the find the other team gets into a cadence yeah. with them, right? Like they, exactly. you know, it's a little bit easier to line match, yeah, you know, yeah. if you got those two together all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're done, but they're so much fun to watch. Like when you have a team like Calgary, like Calgary couldn't handle them at all yeah. in the first period. And they had Fogel, you know, like I like Warren Fogel, but come on. Like they have a very, very complimentary player, you know, a guy who's fat, he digs pucks out and stuff, but, but he's not thinking on the same wavelength when they're dominating on the cycle. But, you know, they had one of those shifts last night. I think it was in the second, maybe it was early in the third where they had like two or three line changes. And, and you're just, they never scored. I don't even think they got a really great chance out of it. But one of those great shifts, the crowd starts to, to clap because they've been in there for two and a half minutes and and uh, they've, oh, they've yeah. changed three times and the Flames are exhausted. And it's all started with, you know, McDavid and Dry. Well, and it's, um, you know, the challenge, and we'll go back to this uh, over and over again, is it's still Calgary, right? Yeah. So we get, you know, we get excited. Um, <laughs> I like, I, I still, maybe you could, I, I titled this on Twitter. Like we'll talk about who the puck wants and who the puck doesn't want. <laughs> <Country. today. laughs> what, have you ever heard that chirp before? <laughs> I don't even really know what it means. You know, <laughs> not to mention here's the guy that scored his first of the well, season. Well, but you know, I, he's, he's, only, he's, my, he's only minus 10 on the year now. Yeah. You know? Only five more years at seven million for that thirty-three-year-old. <laughs> oh man, I I don't know. I um, you know I love the fact that uh, Trey Living signs those and then takes off. It takes off and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like um, I actually did you hear like the really good news out of Calgary today? The Flames. 
I think it was I Eric not. Francis, not that I wanted to necessarily drop <laughs> Eric Francis. Yeah. They reported that basically they've stopped all contract talks with the uh, with the UFAs, which I think is very, very disappointing news, to tell you the truth. You know, because I think it was sounded like Hadafin was getting close to signing and Lim Holmes was interested, but now they're taking a pause from all that. And nothing would make me happier it would be for Calgary just to re-sign Tanev <laughs> and Zadarov and uh, – and, uh, Hannafin and Lindholm for nine point five million and stay in mediocrity forever. Finish one point out of the playoffs every season. Well, that explains some of the other uh, <laughs> other things I heard. I didn't hear about the uh, stopping the contract. Yeah, back, but now um, now a lot of it makes uh, makes sense. <laughs> what yeah. I was reading today, I thought, whoa, hey, Oilers yeah. broke them again. <laughs> again, yeah, <laughs> love it, I love it. You know, I, I, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> To go back to like the, the point is, you know, it was one game and, and they played, yeah. and still they still had problems. They had discipline problems, you know, like they, they two games in a row, two right? games in a row. And that was the only reason that that let Calgary hang around. And when it was three, two, I was nervous, you know, like I'm like, they're dominating this game and it's three, two. And we've seen this story a few times this year. It was kind of a very nervous feeling and it didn't need to be. So they need to. They, they talk about using it as a spark plug. You know, what's the next game? Was it Dallas? Dallas, good, deep team. That's the type of team that can give them trouble. I got full confidence the Oilers are going to come out like they should. But, yeah. you know, I don't well, know. I have them on the second second night of a back-to-back. Is I don't know okay. what that means. But, um, you know what, this is a good chance to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about uh, the Bakersfield Condors. We'll get maybe an update. I know you watched them a lot. Yeah. We'll talk about the upcoming game uh, against Dallas. Uh, talk about Sam Gagne, and then um, what we didn't talk about was depth scoring, so uh, let's make sure we we touch on that. Yeah, Uh, This is Oilers Live from the Heavy Hockey Network. Proud to be a friend of Edmonton Sports Talk. We'll be right back. Devin, Bruce, and the rest of the fantasy hockey hacks right here on Edmonton Sports Talk. 